Welcome to Chewing the Fruit. I'm Jules. And I'm Bex. Join us every other Sunday for rants, pants, and all things big girl pants. Bex, how are you? Yeah, really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fabulous. I've had a nice wee easy day watching Scandal. So, yeah, I've had a pretty nice. good day. <laughs> Nice. Well, you know, this is my favourite time of the week, so I'm buzzing. Such a good, such a good Wednesday. Hmm? So today we're going to talk about what we've said is tough love truths. And really what we're going to talk about today is how is, how are you getting in your own road and how do you get out of your own way, basically? Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, I mean, I mentioned this on my socials. When you first asked me about this one, I thought, brilliant. This is kind of like my bread and butter. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to probably censor myself because anybody who is used to having me as a coach knows I am quite direct. So, but I'm not just going to rant. We're going to try and be productive and positive and give you lots of practical advice on how you can get out of your own way and how you can turn those excuses into actions. Exactly. I think that's the thing. It's all about action, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Or at least sort of realising that you are standing in your own way, having a look at it and going, I am actually the problem here, but that's fine because there's something I can do about it. Once you recognise it and kind of accept it, you can start your plan, can't you, of how to move forward and out of it and start achieving your goals. It's like that. Have you ever seen that meme? And it's like a Scooby-Doo meme. And it's, you know, at the end of Scooby-Doo, they always unmask the villain. And yeah. it's at the bottom of the meme. I finally found the person that's been ruining all my progress. And they unmask the villain and it's your own face. Yeah. Like, oh, it was me. <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of come up with a list, haven't we, of, as usual, you know, we've all, we've got the same things. We get the same excuses coming up. I just call them excuses. Other people might put them as something a bit fluffier than that, but. They are really excuses. Um, So we've come up with a list between us um, of some of the most common ones that come up. And then we're hopefully going to help you figure out if that's you and to kind of work your way through it. So one of the most common ones I get, and this is usually from people who aren't sort of clients of mine, they reach out on social media and stuff and they say, I'm listening to everything you're saying about calorie deficits and losing fat, but I barely eat. I barely eat. I only eat a thousand calories a day and I just can't lose weight. That is something that I get really often. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, I hear that quite a lot. And I think a lot of that, people maybe do believe. And I think this is the thing with a lot of these things. People believe what they're telling you is true. But a lot of the time it's not accurate. So a lot of the time when I hear people say, I barely eat they might truly believe that they do barely eat, but two things I always think are actually causing them the issue. One, you've not got awareness of calories and what calories are in each food. So for example, a tablespoon of peanut butter, that's not a lot to eat. That's like, I mean, that's a the kind of thing you eat when you're browsing in the cupboard to decide what you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. It could easily be 300 calories. Like, yeah. Problem. Like, whereas if you eat, raspberries 300 calories of raspberries will take you a long time to eat so you're you're registering that you're doing it so I think a lot of that comes from people not knowing 
are not having an awareness of calories a lot of the time. I do agree. I don't, most of the time, I don't think people are trying to deliberately mislead you when they come and say that. I don't think people are like, I wouldn't go back to somebody and just say, you're lying. But I'd be like, um, you know, there's probably something going on here. Like you say, either kind of a lack of understanding or potentially some like mindless behaviours that they're not conscious of. So they're not lying, but I often say like, I have a drug, say so if I strapped a GoPro to your head, would what you're telling me be factually accurate? Probably not, because there's a lot of mindless behaviours involved. Also, I think a lot of ladies do barely eat or stick to whatever calories most of the time. Mm-hmm. Then they just fail to tell you the bit about where they had an absolute binge because they'd been overly restricting for so long. Yeah, so I mean, like that, like you say, with the mindless behaviours, the example I always use with people is, people say to me, no... I, I don't eat any chocolate. And what they mean is they don't go to the vending machine in work and buy a full bar of chocolate or go to the shop and buy a bar of chocolate. But what they're not counting is the five celebrations they take mm-hmm. off that, that desk that's in every office. And you're like, well, if you have five celebrations, that equals a bar of chocolate. But because you're just grabbing one celebration on your way to the coffee machine or your way to somebody's desk, it still counts and it is, it's that mindless behaviour or people don't count from 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. So yeah, yeah. you might barely eat Monday to Friday, which a lot of people do, but then you've not factored in what you've done for 12 hours on Saturday and that's taking you right out of your calorie deficit. And it could be mindlessly in like a really common one is like mums finishing bits off the kids' plates. So... If I was in their house watching them, they'd say to me, this is what I had for dinner and it was only this. And I'm sure I could say, well, what about the like five chips and the chicken nugget and the spoonful of beans that you had there? And what about when you finished their yogurt this afternoon? And these are little things that on their own wouldn't have, you know, any sort of real impact if your goal was fat loss, but add them all up. And if you're not in an aggressive calorie deficit, which, you know, that's not a way I coach. I only give people quite a small calorie deficit. So doing those things is soon going to top that back up where you're at maintenance calories or potentially in a calorie surplus. Yeah, I was. you said chicken nugget. I was going to say turkey dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but that is if I said to most of my clients, do you eat turkey dinosaurs? They'd be like, no, I don't, I don't eat them. Well, you've probably three this week because the kids yeah. have eaten them. And you're like, on your way to throw the kids stuff in the bin, you bite the head off the turkey dinosaur and yeah. it is all stuff like like that but even like you're saying there about like having a few celebrations a lot of the problem is that we don't take time to sit down and be mindful with our food choices so you might eat those five celebrations without even really giving it much thought or consideration what you're doing sorry my dog's having a drink but this is what happens when we're oh, going live on a podcast at least he's staying hydrated um Sorry about that. Well, one thing was if you take the time to kind of sit at your desk away from doing work, off the phone, enjoying your sandwich rather than eating as you're working, as you're busy and not processing like your body's signals. Are you full? Looking at your portions and stuff, you're going to be much more aware, aren't you, of what you're having. So barely eat. It's not true. We know that. If you are in a calorie deficit, you know, it's physiologically impossible for you to gain fat. So what I would say to most people saying that is, you know, you're not the norm. 
if that was happening to your body, we'd probably put you in a lab and study you because yes. it's it's not the norm. So, you know, you're unique in your own way, but you're not exceptional. The chances are that you're not in a calorie deficit. So you have to go back to basics, don't you? And be really conscious and mindful of your food choices and what you're consuming. Yeah, I think mindfulness is probably the exact thing that you need for that because if you want to eat the five celebrations and work, by all means eat them, but make a choice to eat them. Don't just eat them as you talk to somebody or as you pass. And then you're like, did I, did I even pick up a bounty there as I haven't passed that? Mm. Like actually make the choice to eat it and then you'll remember it. It'll go in your tracker and then you will have a much clearer picture of the calories you're consuming. Yeah. And things as well. I mean, this is going to like probably filter throughout the whole pod, but I barely eat. Okay. But how much alcohol do you drink? Stuff yeah, like that. No, Sometimes for ladies, I have, you know, there's a lack of understanding that mm. alcohol contains calories. So you barely eat, but you have two bottles of wine on a Saturday night, which is probably like basically a full day's worth of calories consumed. You've got to understand everything has energy, calories in it, you know, food and drink. Milk in your brew's got calories in it. So it might not be what you're eating necessarily, but it's what you're putting into your body. Yeah, so say, right, so say, for example, we do two bottles of wine on a Saturday night. You do two or three lattes a day, which a lot of people do. And in three or four of the meals you make, you put some oil in the pan first and you don't count all of those things because it's a wee bit of oil in the pan and it's a coffee and it's a bottle of wine. So, yeah, you could, you could completely accurately be barely eating, but you're still over-consuming on calories because you're not factoring in things like drinks, oils, spreads, all of that kind of stuff. And I think this one then quite nicely sort of goes with my next one on my list. We get asked this all the time. We have people coming to us, I think I need to lower my calories because you've given me this calorie target and I'm just not losing. It's a very similar story, isn't it, to what we've just said, really. So when yeah. people are asking, when do I need to lower my calories? Or should I go more aggressive? I want to see more results. Straight away, I go back and say, well, let's be honest, hand on heart, have you followed those calories consistently for the last four weeks? Then your body hasn't changed at all, so we need to reassess. And I'd say, I was going to say nine times out of ten, but I'm going to say ten times out of ten. They haven't been consistent with the calories they've been given, so they're rushing ahead impatient, wanting to see results, but they're not doing the groundwork before saying, should I cut my calories? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. People track, and you'll know this as well, people very rarely don't track Monday to Thursday. Those days are easy to track. Friday morning, maybe, and then from Friday tea time, it all gets a bit blurry in the tracker. So people come and go, look, and show you their tracker, and they're like, I'm eating 1,800 calories. And I'm like, yeah, Monday to Friday you are, but you've not recorded a Saturday and Sunday for three weeks. And realistically, Saturday and Sunday are the days you're going to eat more and I think people look at the number in their my fitness power their nutri check and they're like well that says 1800 calories but you've only filled in 72 percent of it 20 mm-hmm. percent is why you're not losing fat and the reason you don't in fact need more calories so I think in practical terms a good bit of advice um firstly you don't need to lower your calories unless you've been absolutely accurate and consistent and your body's starting to plateau 
Then I would always ask somebody if there's a way of increasing their activity before they look at reducing their calories, ideally, because the more calories we can eat in our deficit, the better. We've said this before on here. It means you're going to you know, feel full, feel satisfied, not feel restricted, get everything you need from your diet. If it was a case of you were lowering, lowering your calories, we'd be talking small percents, wouldn't we? Little tweaks to see how it goes. But you shouldn't even consider it until you've been consistent with your tracking. Like Jules says, paying attention at weekends. You know, even if you're guessing, if you're going for meals out and things, guess, don't just leave it blank. We need the data to understand how your week's looking. And chances are, like you say, if you're going out, you're going to be a bit wrong, sure. But you're going to be a bit wrong during the week as well. And food labels are going to be wrong. And my fitness pal is going to be a wee bit wrong. But if you 100% track you're going to be so much closer to being accurate. And actually, if we do that over a period of four, six, eight weeks, and we collect all of that data, you're going to be pretty close to the mm. numbers that you need. So don't let don't let perfectionism get in your way. It's perfection paralysis that because you don't know exactly what's in that stake that you have when you go out, you just put nothing in instead. Put in the closest thing, put in whatever it's listed with Witherspoons as. Like you're better to be, make a best guess at everything. Yeah, and I usually like over-egg it if it's me. Yeah. I go out air on the side of caution, like pick something that's maybe higher calories than what I've actually had so that I've got that kind of wiggle room rather yeah. than kidding myself. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of the practical advice, isn't it? That one, you have to be realistic. Have you been 100% accurate on your calories for weeks and not seen a change? Are you including absolutely everything, your oils, your sauces, your drinks? Um, because that adds up, doesn't it? Milking your brew if you're having a few brews a day, things like that, it soon adds up. Um, so next one, my God, how many times I hear this and I'll struggle to not just say piss off. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to get my steps in. Heard it. Oh, my God. I just, I'd be I just... a millionaire if I had a pound for every person who said this to me. And we're in this weird world now where it's almost like a competition of who is the busiest. Oh. Everyone's so busy and they've just got so much going on. Yeah, guess what? We all have. We talked about this on last week's pod and some people don't want to hear it and they'll still listen to this and be like, well, that's all right for her because I've got this, this and this on my case. It's about priorities. It's about yeah. what's important to you and where you're willing to make the time in your day. If you make something non-negotiable, if you look at ways you can layer your habits, so you don't have to, for instance, plan in a walk where you have to leave your house and go and have an hour's walk, but you can do things like be on a call because you're working from home and be walking around the house when you're on that call rather than sitting at your desk on the call. Or you can make a brew and decide that you're going to jog on the spot while the kettle's boiling for that two minutes. Like everybody can fit those things into the day. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example. And when I say this, loads of people listening to this are going to go, oh, yeah, I do that. When people go and pick their kids up at activities at night, when they pick them up from Brownies, Scouts, whatever kids go to, and the kids aren't going to be out for another nine minutes. So people sit in the car and they scroll Instagram. Rolling through ballots when they could be going having a walk. So nine minutes, you could easily get in. If you get out, even on the street outside the hall, wherever you're picking the kids up from, and walk up and down that street, you could get in 500 steps. Yeah. Nah, nine, 10 12 minutes 
rather than sitting on. But if you do that every single time you pick the kids up, that's thousands of steps over the week. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be, again, that's people are letting it hold them back that, oh, do you know what, if I can't go for a walk for 45 minutes, if you've got five minutes, do you know what's the best thing for getting movement into your day? And I would encourage everyone to do this. Have a dance break. I get my members to do this all the time. Put on your absolute favourite song, whatever the song is, that when it comes on in a workout, you're just like, woo! Put on that song in your house, dead loud. Get anybody else in the house that's involved, the dogs, the cats, the kids, everyone. Put that song on and dance your heart out. You could easily, in that couple of minutes, rack up 500 steps. Your heart rate will be up. You'll be buzzing. Everyone will be smiling. Yeah. So at least three minutes of moving your body, unless your favourite song's Bohemian Rhapsody, then you'll be absolutely sweating. So, um, But also, it doesn't have to be the perfect 30-minute workout. No. Like, our members, a lot of them just, I do some 15-minute ones, they do, we do 15-minute step challenges. You can get them on YouTube. Like, you don't have to be my member to do that. You can Google YouTube and get a free step yep. challenge where you're in the house you're stuck there with the kids it's raining whatever it is 15 minutes getting some steps in and in those 15 minutes we honestly I always get the girls to set their watches most of them get 2,000 steps within that 15 minutes of us just chatting jogging on the spot together but people just think don't they like it has to be a walk outside it has to be a 30 minute gym workout if you genuinely are listening to this saying, I do not have time to exercise, you genuinely believe this, even after what everything we're saying, you really need to do like a life audit and look yeah. at your life and see what you can ditch because nobody is that busy. They just aren't, that they haven't got 15 minutes to move their body. But if you're telling yourself that, if you believe it, you've got to sit down with pen and paper and say, what is going on here? What else are you prioritizing above your health? Yeah, because yeah. what else is there? And that that's the thing, you don't have to. Of course, people are going to still, I, I mean, I'm never giving up scrolling on Instagram, but <laughs> you you can still scroll Instagram, you can still watch Netflix. We don't want to take those things away from you, but you can also add in wee bursts of 10 minutes when you're standing in the kitchen at night and you're at the cooker waiting for the pasta to boil. Bang out, 10 jumping jacks, 10 squats, 10 plank taps. Mm -hmm. Move a little bit and actually in Atomic Habits, this is one of the things they talk about, about building habits, just do one. And actually, once you've done 10 squats, are you likely to stop? You're like, oh, I'll just throw in 10 jacks, 10 press-ups. And actually, once you start these things, action creates motivation. Just do a tiny wee bit, walk around the block just once and then see where it takes you. Yeah, and you think that it's not going to add up, but we're both, we know what we're talking about. We're telling you that it is going to add up. It is going to make a difference if you're doing nothing and you're going to start adding in these little five-minute bursts throughout the day. And also, things like, I was talking to a client this morning and I thought, it's only when you start to really look at your life that you notice everything around you, in it, like what other people are behaving like. So she's got a step target with me. And she was saying, oh, of a lunch now, I've started to walk down the six flights of stairs instead of getting the lift. And she's like, I'm literally on my own while the entire office get the lift down. And then she was saying and I've started going to the loo at like the further toilet just to get an extra few hundred steps. And she's like, and I've just keep noticing everybody just sitting around at the desk like zombies for like eight hours. She said, and I'm going out having a walk around the block on my lunch and I'm coming back and they're sat in the same position that they were. 
nobody is that busy or that important are they whether that essential you know the office is going to fall apart because they've took 10 minutes to walk around the block so you've just got to look at your diary look at your priorities and let, I've got just stop talking shit saying you've got not you haven't got enough time because it's my yeah I can't bear it it's my least favorite so you you, you absolutely have got the time it's just how you decide to spend it. And like we say, we're not saying that you've got to do bloody 5K runs and 30-minute hit classes and stuff. But if you put in five minutes every single day, everybody's got five minutes. If you put in five minutes every day, that's more than half an hour a week. Exactly. That's if you don't put nothing to that, like yeah. there's going to be there's going to be big impacts, big positive impacts from that, from nothing to something. So stop telling yourself it has to be that you have to be a gym bunny or whatever. That's not what we're saying, is it? We're just saying you have to move your body. You have to for like quality of life, longevity. You yeah. have to move your body for mental health yeah. as well as physical health. And so, actually you've been better at everything else. So if you're all of these things that are keeping you busy and that you say, I can't do it because I've got to do X, Y, and Z. If you take that 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, for yourself you'll actually be better at all of these things that are keeping you busy all of these commitments family work house all of that you'll get on so much better and be able to look after your people better if you look after yourself first pouring from that full cup exactly um so quickly on the back of that one some people might be listening to this saying that's all well and good but i've got like a physical impairment that means I cannot exercise. So I quite often hear like, well, I can't exercise because of X, Y, or Z. So for me, I just can't lose fat. So here, it's important to say that fat loss is probably about 99% what you put in your mouth. Yeah. What you're consuming. So you absolutely can lose fat if you're unable to be active. It's just going to mean you're going to need to have a more aggressive calorie deficit than somebody who's super active because you're not burning as many calories um, and that you're going to have to probably, yeah, you're going to have to try a little bit harder is the fact, isn't it? Because yours is all on what you're putting in your mouth. There's no chance for you to get your steps up or get workouts in. But fat loss is not about the time that you're spending in the gym. That, that half an hour in the gym really is nothing when it comes to like calorie expenditure what is yeah. it about like bloody five percent of your daily intake or something um so you absolutely can lose fat without exercising it just means you'll be eating less calories that's the facts of it isn't it because your body doesn't need as much energy yeah and that's it i think people often think i've done five workouts this week why have i not lost any weight because you're still in a calorie surplus Actually, yeah, the other way around, where they're like, I can, because I'm exercising, I can eat what I want. Yeah, and that's, I keep saying to people, actually, believe it or not, workouts aren't for fat loss. And people yeah. are like, no, right. And I'm like, no, workouts aren't for fat loss. Workouts are for, I mean, literally a list as long as my leg. Mm -hmm. That's what they're for. And they're amazing and we need them and they're vital. But your fat loss comes from your calorie deficit and what yeah. you put in your mouth. Yeah, There's so... Let's put that as a bullet point for sure. Like exercise activity, you should not be going into that as fat loss. It's a health goal. It's health. Yeah. It's strength. It's mental health. Um, it it's not going to play a big part at all in fat loss if you are not nailing that calorie deficit. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise that that like maybe a lot of people go to the gym in the morning. I mean, smash a workout. Absolutely, PBs, all sorts. 
fabulous workout, but then they leave and go and sit down for the rest of the day. So they're actually probably only at, I don't know, 5,000 steps, not paying attention to their calories. And they're like, I'm absolutely killing it in the gym. But that's literally, when you add it all up, factor in rest days and all this, like you say, less than 5% of your week. Yeah, pissing in the wind, really, isn't it, if we want to... <laughs> You know, when it comes to saying I'm going to go to the gym for fat loss, but I'm not going to look at the energy I'm consuming. But focus on health, focus on strength. Um, next one, what we're saying, or I'm going to give this one to you. I think you're much better at these. <laughs> um, so when somebody says that I was doing really well, but then X, Y, or Z happened, and I basically just binned it all off. I think that it's your perfectionism thing. And I think a lot of people... I don't know if it's a female thing, but because something gets in your way and you're like, oh, I was doing so well with exercise. I was there every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now my car broke down last Wednesday and that's it just ruined. It is that whole thing of, well, when you drop your phone on the floor, you just pick it back up. You don't drop the phone on the floor and think, oh, well, I should really jump on this to break it really good. <laughs> I love your little analogy. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to write a book of analogies. You like should. You <laughs> um, yeah, I also think it's about changing your terminology and your mindset. Like, what does actually, I was doing really well, I was being really good, what does that even mean? Whenever yeah. people say that to me, I mean, I'll be honest, somebody says that to me, I say, what are you, five? Like, you were doing really well, you were doing so good. Like, no, you weren't. Like, you were being constant. You were doing well with what? Like, you were eating well, yeah. You were going to the gym, but you weren't doing really, really good, and now you're doing really, really bad. Like, we need to change the way we think, don't we, and say, I'm eating better and moving more, and then something happened. I think that a lot of that comes from diet culture, though, because I remember, yeah. I know you have not got great, like, you've not been to like, slimming clubs and stuff. There was always a thing of, and I don't know if this happened everywhere. It happened certainly where I live that when you went and you stood on the scales and you'd put on weight, they would go, hmm, being a bit bad. Oh, thank God. Well, actually, no, Sandra, I was at a wedding. But, like, I think that's where the good and bad comes from. When actually, if one of my clients came to me and they were like, do you know what? I had a biscuit the other night after my tea and I just had one biscuit. I put it in my tracker, I moved on, and I never thought anything else about it. Mm. I think that's something to completely celebrate. I wouldn't be like, you're in a biscuit. <laughs> a biscuit? But I mean, you've got to redefine what you're doing. And it's not this going over your calories isn't being bad and really under eating on your calories isn't being good. It's about living this balanced healthy lifestyle have a bit yeah. of everything have rest days have really heavy training days have high days and steps have low days and steps all of that you've got to really build it in to your life and I think that when you've got this perfectionism that you can't have one blemish or bad mark on your record otherwise you've ruined it that that's what's putting people off just make yeah. the best decision everything's just a series of decisions and there's no, and I think that that also comes from like slimming clubs because you had a weigh-in day. If two days before it, you ate a Chinese that you didn't plan to eat, then people are like, oh, well, I might as well, oh, I'll just leave it till I get weighed on Monday. And they yeah. would just make the next decision, the best decision for your goals. There's no, ruined it now. What, what have you ruined? Like you can't 
you can't but move I, one decision. I do think it is important to correct your terminology. Right when it when we're talking mindset or anything, I know I'm joking, say I'd say to my clients, you know, are you five? But I am serious to an extent. When a grown woman says to me, I've been naughty, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're 40. You're not naughty. You've made a choice. Some choices are going to support your current goals. Some of them might not. But you're not naughty because you've, like you say, had a biscuit. But I think you have to start with yourself breaking that down and stop talking like that about food. Good, bad, naughty. It, it's not helpful, is it, to look at food in that way? And I think it's the way people talk to themselves. And it is this good or bad. Like it's not... It's not that black and white. And I think people need to be a little kinder to themselves. And nobody's as hard on you as you are on yourself. But if you think, if you wouldn't let your husband, your sister, your coach speak to you like that and put you down like that, don't do it to yourself. If it's not acceptable for anyone else to do, to say you're naughty, you're bad, you've failed, you wouldn't take that from anyone else. So don't take it from yourself first and foremost. We've got another hashtag be your own best friend moment here. Oh, I have got the best <laughs> video for you. I will send you it, right? And you can share it in your group, but just be prepared because you're all going to be bawling crying because it's Aww. it is the most touching video about being your best being a best friend to yourself. Okay, you can send me that. I'll tell them to get the tissues out. Um we could go on forever, couldn't we? Uh <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much longer we've got, but Last one on my list, I just can't hit my protein targets. That's when I get a lot. I think a lot of that comes from planning. And planning and lack of understanding, but also lack of willingness to go out and learn. So a lot of people want to be spoon-fed and say to me, you know, where can I get my protein? This is, And I can give you, like, basics, but Google it, you know, follow Instagram accounts. We a lot of the time we do sit back, don't we, and wait for somebody else to give us everything. So uh-huh. it's like I can't come out your house and make you pack lunch for you. You're gonna need to. I can give you the basics here. I can give you a protein target. I can give you some ideas on good sources of protein, but I can't come out your house and pack your lunch for you. So you need to think. You need to plan. You need to learn and do the work to. But you, learning to me is like going into Asda, turning a packet over, and looking at how much protein's in it. Yeah, you don't have to buy the same things you always buy. Do you know what? Take that one Asda trip or Aldi trip and it's going to take you longer as you walk around the shop and look at different options. Think outside the box. Just because you've had, I don't know, porridge or oats for your breakfast every day for the last five years, you don't need to keep eating porridge. You can have something different. And it doesn't have to be your typical breakfast item. Do you mean think outside the box? What do you like to eat? And spend a bit of time researching stuff, like you say. Instagram's brilliant for that. Hashtag protein lunches or probably yeah. a billion ideas. But I think Instagram makes you think your breakfast has to look a certain way as well. I know you said, like, you know, you have Cheerios someday. The morning for my breakfast, I had an apple and an orange, a few cubes of cheese, a couple of oat cakes... And a protein yogurt, like on a big plate. It was like my brunch. I know that's quite a bit of calories. But it was just a load of shit, you know, that I put together out the fridge. But it had plenty of it was fruit in it, you know, there was a bit of protein in it. It was some good fats in it, some carbs in it. There we go. I wouldn't have put it on Instagram. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't have got many likes. Um, but it's fine, isn't it? Just have what I, you like. I think that you don't need to overcomplicate things. Like, 
when people are like, right, I've got to make protein oats overnight oats the night before, and I need some desiccated coconut, and I need, I've got to have chocolate whey to go in it. And I'm like, actually, bung a couple of Linda McCartney sausages in the air fryer. Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be fancy or complicated or... And at least, see, it doesn't need to be picture worthy, which is why you very, very rarely see any pictures of my food because they're never Insta worthy. But you know what? Since that podcast, one of my girls has said to me, I've started having Cheerios. Cheerios just made me think, well, I love Cheerios, so I'm going to do it. It's like, you do it, girlfriend. Go on, pop those Cheerios. Like, like it's inspired her. I think cereals get such a bad rap and obviously some of it is just nonsense. But here's a really interesting fact for you. I was in Tesco's doing the, looking at the back of packets and I was looking specifically this day at fibre. So I looked at Kellogg's fruit and fibre, I mean, mm-hmm. fibre on the box. And I looked at my old friend Cheerios and there was more fibre in a portion of whole grain Cheerios than in fruit and fibre. So yeah. Sucked in by marketing, read the labels. And if you don't that's worth looking at for like um I looked at like it was a little see, I think it had nuts and stuff in a mix that they were selling as a protein like power mix. And then when I went and looked at the sunflower seeds and everything, I worked out that the same grammages I was gonna get more protein, you know, by making up my little my own little packs with something that didn't have the word protein on. And I thought, those bastards are selling that as buy this for protein and if you don't know and you're not going to take the time to look at the packet you just can pick it up and pay so much more for it because it says protein on it and then I thought mm, no if you've got Wazda's own brand bit and just you know make your own little pack up but it takes time doesn't it and effort to learn the things but not much time and effort yeah that's it read, read the labels because it's something I can't remember the numbers but it's something really low like to write protein on it you only need to have something like seven grams of protein per serving nice. and they can call it a protein whatever and I'm like yeah. that's not a lot so actually look at the labels on things because something that's not advertised as protein fiber or whatever and doesn't have all this healthy and inverted commas marketing can sometimes be a lot more nutritionally dense so take the time and read the labels absolutely I think that's just covered everything that I've got on my list hopefully people listening in you know are seeing this for what it is we are calling you out on your bullshit a bit, like, but we are trying to give you an opportunity to have a look at your own situation. Are you sort of ticking any of these boxes? Are you standing in your own way? And after listening to this, what could you actually do to start making progress and getting out of your own way? Yes. So let us know, actually, if you've listened to this and you've heard anything that you've been like, huh, that's me. Reach out on Instagram and let us know how have you been standing in your own way and what are you going to do to change it? Perfect, yeah. Love that. Excellent. Bex, as always, amazing to speak to you and we'll catch up soon.